0: take a look at the Destiny OKC app, you can pull down the notes from there and we're going to continue focusing in on an understanding of true treasure and what true treasure is really all about. Jesus has come and uh, the, the true treasure that uh, we discover in this life has little to do with what goes on in this world and much more to do about what God is doing in this world. So just wishing everybody a very Merry Christmas. I know that um, many will be reading the Christmas story as a family uh, in your homes. I just want to give you a little bit of uh, encouragement in that regard. The book of Luke is a really great uh, book for you to choose when you do this reading in your homes with your family. Uh, Luke is the only Gentile in an all-Jewish cast of New Testament writers. And um, Greeks were famous for their storytelling, and maybe that's largely why the book of Luke is what is uh, relied on most for its story-like narrative when you look at movies about the life of Jesus. So we see in Luke chapter 2, Jesus is born, the shepherds have this angelic encounter, and all heaven begins to make this declaration, and this is where I want us to begin today. Luke chapter 2, verse 14 Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So Jesus comes revealing the glory of God, the peace of God, God's goodwill toward all humanity, and then these interesting uh, words are spoken about Mary's response even within her own heart. Luke chapter 2, verse 19. Mary treasured, there's that word, mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart this is really a remarkable moment where god has shown up into the earth angels are broadcasting what all is taking place people are coming to discover and experience what god is revealing Um, such a significant and monumental moment in time and i I want you just to think about the reality that she treasured these things up in her heart by pondering them, thinking about them. And I want to just take a moment uh, and really just pray together from this standpoint. I want you to think about what you think about. I just want you to think about what you think about. What you have to realize and what we all have to recognize is. And perhaps you would all agree in your own life you've seen this, but what consumes your mind controls your life. Boy, if there's ever a time we need to be renewing our thoughts to what God's desiring to reveal, what he has to say in moments of challenge, it's now. I I believe today the Lord's gonna help us to turn a corner and take on a perspective that really and that empowers us to address adversarial circumstances in a way that it shifts our thinking. Will you agree with me for that? How many of you are ready for that? For the Lord to make a download, a deposit in you, something of substance within you <laughs> that causes us not to waver when the, the storms of life come our way, when situations around us that everybody seems to be freaking out about Um, We really should constantly have our peace. We need to remain vigilant, all for it, but never losing our peace. Never should our response be born from reaction. Our response should be born from response. Think about what you think about. Today I'm really asking God just to deepen our awareness that he is with us. Jesus has come. And so Lord, your presence prevails in every area of our lives. I pray that every one of us online, every one of us on campus, as we're joining together to explore what you're desiring to reveal. or that's our heart, that's our passion, and that's our desire. None of us in this room, myself included, want to bring any type of a pursuit of the speaker and what the speaker has to say. Every one of us in this room want to encounter the Savior. We wanna know what it is to walk with God. We're not interested in religious behaviors. We want a relationship with the creator of the universe in such a way that we walk with you every single day of our lives until one day we walk and take a step into eternity. I thank you, Lord, that you're in this place. I thank you that we're not merely talking about you today, but we're exchanging with you in these moments and I pray that you would help us to understand just how enriching that is as a lifestyle that we can experience. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen. True treasure, so today the treasure of God's presence. The treasure of God's presence. What we have to understand about problems that we face is that Jesus never said you wouldn't have problems, what he said is you'll have his presence with you when you face the problem. He'll always be with you. The treasure of God's presence unlocks the treasure of peace. Just having him there with you unlocks such peace and an awareness of the fact that he's there. Have you ever been walking through a difficult time and somebody that you knew you could really count on, somebody that you knew was a source of strength and encouragement in your life, um, they were a source of stability. They suddenly show up. Have you ever experienced that before? And when they show up, it's almost like the fortified connection has arrived and things just feel a little bit lighter. The heaviness of the moment shifts into a little bit of a lighter disposition. And the reason that that takes place and the, what we all need to understand is that we were born for the storm. I want you to know you were born for the storm. We were, we're likened to eagles, all animals. When a storm comes in, they hide under a rock. Dogs hide under a rock. Dogs hide under the bed. Eagles don't hide anywhere. They just soar right into the storm. They go where they saw the sun the last time they saw the sun and they break through the clouds and they rise above the storm and they, they, they face fierce gale winds that actually don't blow them off course, but because their wings are so strong and their design is so profound, they are able to use those forceful winds that would destroy other animals to actually take them to greater heights than, they could, than any of us could ever really fathom or imagine. Jets in flight have hit eagles, and one jet actually reported a salmon smashing the, the, smashing into the the windshield of the jet and the conclusion was that they as they were flying there was actually an eagle above the the plane that got spooked and dropped its its meal that it had apparently carried up above the storm i mean it 's just phenomenal when you think about the fact you and I are likened to eagles and you and I are likened to eagles in, in, in order that we might understand it 's god 's design for us to be able to ride Above the storm. So you and I were built for the storm, but hear me very loud and clear as I say this to you. You were born for the storm, but you were not born for the storm alone. There's this fortified connection that happens when we start to build a relationship, and that's why it's so important that we understand the treasure of God's presence and the importance of God's presence, because Jesus has come, Emmanuel, God with us, aren't you glad? Can I just hear somebody say amen? We're so thankful for the presence of God. I am so thankful for the presence of God, but recognize and understand this, God's presence is not just with you, God's presence is with us. And there's this principle in Scripture that we read about where one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand to flight. And when we gather together in the presence of the Lord, or when we gather together in the name of the Lord, He's there present with us. He promises to be with us. There's this fortified, synergistic expression that takes place when we come together in the strength of God Almighty. That's why we're gathering today. And when we gather as a family, this is what happens faith levels begin to rise, hope begins to be inspired, dreams begin to rise begin to be awakened, come on, there begins to be a release of something God is doing in the earth and suddenly we find ourselves realizing the enemy is more readily defeated against, uh, uh, the church rises up against the enemy together when we are in that place of worship. There is something about our song that is very significant. We don't sing our songs just to get through the singing part so that somebody can be the motivational speaker. We actually see in Scripture, Jehoshaphat mobilized the singers to go out before the warriors. And when the singers went out, the atmosphere shifted and the enemy had to, dropped all of their weapons and God's family won as a result of the song that shifted an atmosphere. And that's what's taking place when you and I are singing in this room. That's what's happening in the community in Jesus' mighty name. We need to understand this is more than just some natural expression of religious behavior. God is saying, let my kingdom expand. Open the gates. Lift up your head, oh ye gates and let the king of glory invade the earth and begin to transform society in powerful and profound ways. But when we step back in the midst of the storm, and we step back in the midst of circumstances, then we don't lift our our eyes, and we keep our eyes low, and we don't ever lift our countenance, and we never allow our heart to be full of the things of God, and our hearts get full of stress, and our hearts get full of fear, and our hearts get full of distraction. and We stop functioning the way that God has designed us to function, and we're no longer flying into the storm to rise above the storm, but we're hiding beneath the storm, acting as if we aren't designed by God to rise above that situation. God's not only designed you. To rise above the situation, He's designed you to take other people above that situation as well, and that's why our connection is so important. You know, I, I want to encourage you to know that there are some things that we do to help our church family um, just grow in in your faith. Some things we want to offer and encourage you to do individually. You know, one of those things is to encourage you to receive communion in your home so we're going to be talking about this more in coming weeks especially but this doesn't have to be something you have all figured out a really beautiful statement to make and prayer to pray is for uh, for me to come to my family and just be honest and say I don't really know how to do this at home but this is bread and this is juice and it's the body of Christ and it's the blood of Christ and I just want to know him more and I want us to know him more. And how about we just take this bread and drink this juice and say a prayer together? How I many know that's just a beautiful expression instead of having this big polished thing? I just am hungry for more. During worship, the communion stations are at the back and we've got these handy dandy little uh, enclosed communion cups now because you know we used to do it a different way and now uh, with COVID concerns and considerations, we put this together. And, uh, and I recommend a couple of things. One, prepare yourselves. The children took communion in kids' church last week and they accused uh, Pastor Tabitha of feeding them a styrofoam cup. <laughs> when you peel this, the little top, Piece as a cracker. When you peel that off, it does taste a little like styrofoam. But let's just, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you need to use to symbolize and express the body of Christ. And I would highly recommend that when you turn this cup upside down, you'll see that the bottom is really uh, concentrated. So shake it up just a little bit, uh, just a few communion tips for you okay but during worship you can make your way back those communion tables are at the back and just during worship we see people many times as a family or friends or just an individual walking back and just saying Jesus I just thank you that you lived and you died and you did that for me so that I could understand what true life is all about so that others could understand what true life is all about we're working out the details uh, for water baptism, because again, COVID consideration, we've kind of stalled with all of that, but I'm just just in a place right now where I'm saying, the church is not going to be pushed back, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, and so we're exploring what it takes to really make this happen, what it takes to keep moving forward. So We've looked into what it will take as a 3 pp chlorine level, and we've got test strips, and we're going to have a a, a chlorinated baptism service in this place. We're going to put a little shock and a little chlorine in it. It's not only going to shock you, it's going to shock the devil when you go through that water in power and anointing. It's going to be profound. The Israelites were stranded and stuck in Egypt, and Moses shows up and gives them the Word of God. Moses, the Deliverer, is a type of Christ, and he draws the Israelites out of Egypt. And what's the first thing that happens when they come out of the bondage of the world system, Egypt? They pass through water. And everything that had held them captive and everything that had held their forefathers captive died and perished in the water that day. And all of this is an expression that you and I come out of the world system when we give our lives to Jesus, our Deliverer, and passing through baptismal waters is more than just a simple symbolic expression in our lives. We're serving notice on the devil that our entanglements with the situation of the world, circumstances of generational curses are broken in Jesus' mighty name. When we go down in that water, we're declaring we're dead to sin. And we come up, we are alive to Jesus Christ. And the Israelites went through water a second time when they were going into a place of greater promise. And we just encourage you, if you haven't combined your faith to that experience in your life, maybe you've gone through the rudiment experience of baptism, but you didn't really uh, combine your faith, I would encourage you to prayerfully consider going through that again. and You can get connected on all these things through a very simple process. we're we're, we're just wanting to make the connection with you. You can uh, can text destiny to the number that I guess will pop up on your screen if you can put that up. If you're in the room, you can take a connect card in the seat back and you can drop these in the giving station if you want to do the analog version. But if you'll text destiny to the number which is, I know the spirit of the Lord is about to reveal that number to us. Holy Spirit has helped us. There he is. 584-5767. <laughs> seven, seven. You'll text destiny to that number. Then it'll pop back to your phone, and give you the digital version of the connect card. And you can fill that out and say, hey, I'm interested in water baptism. Hey, I'm interested in baby dedication. Hey, I'm interested in whatever it may be. And we'll connect with you further in that regard. We're we're going to be trying to help people understand again, connection and community is so vitally important. And as we step into 2021, all of our community groups are going to begin to focus on our five core values that are foundational, fundamental to us, but we do something very specifically for new families called Discover Destiny Community Group. And it'll last for six weeks on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. And we want to just help you explore and understand who you are in Christ, and we want to help you understand and explore who Christ is in you. And how we function together as a family to bring his kingdom into the earth in profound and powerful ways. So if you'll just text that destiny, that number, or fill out a card. Just let us know what you're interested in. We'll follow up. Because I just want you to know, you're not designed by God to be on this journey of faith. Just you and Jesus. Jesus and me. We're all alone. We're going to make... No, that's not the way it works. Jesus actually said, when you pray... What was the first word he said? Pray? When you say, the, the Lord's Prayer? He said, when you pray, say... Our... Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. He didn't say, give me this day my daily bread. It's the essence of community and everything Jesus taught. Give us this day our We need each other. We want to connect on that level and walk that out together. And I believe we will not be stopped. I believe we will not be hindered of the body of Christ in the earth. The church has always more than survived, no matter what the circumstance may be. How many you know we've been in some challenging circumstances? It's been a challenging year. I started kind of looking through some of this and and I realized uh, the number one prescription, the number one category of prescription medications being prescribed right now are antidepressants. The world doesn't know how to handle a crisis like the church ought to know how to handle a crisis. The number one mental illness in society right now is anxiety. June 2020, the CDC produced statistics saying 40% of Americans have a diagnosed mental or behavioral disorder. As we've just gone through our presidential election process, I'm sure it made everybody feel joyful and happy and wonderful watching two men uh, bicker so much and fight so much that the election commission had to shut off their mics. In fact, mental health apps are up 30% since the presidential election. I don't know if you understand, but there's a spiritual battle going on, and the basis of our belief structure, as much as we appreciate, value, love, and even celebrate our constitutional rights as citizens of the United States of America, you and I are citizens of heaven first. Lift your heads, O ye gates, that the King of glory may come in and transform everybody on the planet. One in five churches are looking at closing, one in three pastors are looking at quitting in society that you and I live in today. Twenty twenty has been a tough year. If there's ever been a time that we need to truly understand God is with us, it's now. He is with us. So let me just say, as as we celebrate the fact that Jesus is with us, it's an important statement for us to rehearse and think about. Peace doesn't come from the absence of problems. There there are some people who have the best life you can possibly imagine, (laughs) and they're just miserable as they could be. They've got enough money. I mean, it's amazing. Next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about this, but it is such a reality. You can have everything the world has to offer. You can be on top of the world and still be empty. That's why we see some of the most famous people uh, that have lived in our generation that are the wealthiest people committing suicide. Because life is empty when you don't understand the eternal purpose of God for which you were created. The Bible actually says God put eternity in your heart. If you don't answer the level and measure of eternity that exists in your heart, then you'll never find the reason why God actually designed you to be breathing today on the first place. Many times what happens, we as Christians, we then overlay our Christianity or our faith to the world's pursuits. And we begin to apply what we've chosen to believe about God in a way that we pursue the things of the world. Even our prayers are, uh, Lord, let, let me have the absence of problems. I want to get rid of these problems. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake you with some stuff today. Just, I just felt the Lord was speaking this to me this week, and, and it, it's been very, very challenging, but I, I, want, I want you to think about it with me. I want to kind of lay some groundwork. We're going to look at just a, a few portions of Scripture before we're out of here today and, and allow the Lord to deepen this reality. But peace doesn't come from the absence of problems. Peace comes from the presence of God. God is with us. I mean, you can be on the highest mountain, you can be in the lowest valley. And if God's with you, it makes all the difference in the world. Transforms everything about what it is that you're walking through. You know, this is a time that's a tremendous opportunity for sons and daughters of God to begin to rise up because everybody is in this struggle, but not everybody knows how to manage the struggle. Nobody, not everybody knows what to do in this time of struggle. Uh, this week I heard this guy talking about what it takes to make vintage wine. It was really interesting. He was referencing a documentary and, and um, he was just tying in that 2012 was a year for an abundance of vintage wine. And, and you would think vintage wine would come from the perfect amount of sunshine, not too much sunshine, not too little sunshine, the perfect amount of rain, just the right amount of moisture, I mean, perfect conditions you would think would produce vintage wine. But he said something that has, I've just been rehearsing, on it, rehearsing it all week and it's absolutely significant to us today. He said these words, vintage wine never comes from unstressed vines. It's not circumstances of perfection that produce the greatest uh, harvest of the grape, it's actually the opposite. And he talked about how soil gets tired. You know, the Bible actually talks about uh, giving fields a break every seven years. Have you ever seen that in scripture? And it's wanting, it, what, what it's talking about it for is to allow nutrients to replenish. And so, soil gets tired. And when when grapevines have grown their roots down into the common soil that all vines would grow their roots down into, then it's continually drawing the nutrients out of that soil. But you know what happens when a time of drought begins to come and dry conditions begin to cause the, the vines to start to shrivel just a little bit? They respond with a sense of fortitude and they begin to grow deeper down into a soil that roots have never touched that actually is not Tired, but is filled with all kinds of robust nutrients that begin to produce a healthy response of those vines being able to grow. The worst thing you can do, listen very carefully. The worst thing you can do in a time when when it's when it's dry, is to start irrigating to those vines because those vines that normally in times of great pain that go deeper to discover truer uh, nutrients, they actually will begin to respond to the irrigation and bring their roots up rather than going down. And many times, I think I just see somebody going. Going through a difficult time and I just want to say, I'm so sorry you're having to face this. I'm so sorry you're having to deal with this. But I just realized this week and I started thinking about it and it's somewhat offensive. You might want to just kind of put your seatbelt on, put on your spiritual helmet because God never apologizes for our pain. I don't know if you understand what I'm about to say. God never apologizes for our pain. God never, the Father never looked at Jesus and said, I'm sorry that you faced the cross. Instead, all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Instead of the Father apologizing for our our pain, He takes our pain and He converts it into some type of purpose that begins to release God's kingdom in the earth. He didn't apologize to Jesus for dying on the cross. He raised Him from the dead. And gave him a promise of an eternal bride that would rule the universe forever with him. Come on. In the midst of this, I just want to say to you be faithful in the midst of your pain. What you're doing is your roots are going deeper into untapped soil, into a deeper sense of the nutrients that God wants to feed your soul and enlarge your life and cause you to be mighty sons and daughters of God in the earth. Your voice has substance. There's fire in your eyes. There's weight in your words when you begin to understand who you truly are in Christ and you stop playing religious games, trying to be morally upright as a Christian and you realize Jesus came for something deeper than that. He came to transform our lives. And I believe we will project and the characteristics of God in our lives as a result of walking with him, but the gospel is more than that. The gospel is to make dead people live again, truly live, in such a way that other people thirst for the life they see in us. And they won't see that as the result of a bunch of religious behavior. I want to encourage you to stay faithful in times of difficulty. I want to encourage you to be faithful in the way you're seeking God. Joseph could have gotten mad at God. Joseph did everything right. Joseph honored God, got a dream from God, a revelation from God. Joseph's brothers hated him, threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery. God raised him up because he kept his heart right. He He did what was right. Potiphar put him in charge of everything. Potiphar's wife then comes and tries to seduce him. He kept himself sexually pure, he did what was right found himself in prison. About that time, he could have said, this stuff doesn't work, God. I've done everything I'm supposed to do to do the right stuff and look at where I am. I quit. He could have done that. But you know what he did? His roots went deeper into a deeper place of soil. And he went down into a place of greater place of nutrients. And God began to raise him up with a deeper sense of revelation. And he began to bring that which God was revealing in such a way that he redeemed an entire nation. And in fact, he redeemed nations of the world. And then he said, This all happened to me so that God would use me to release God's kingdom in the earth in a powerful way and rescue an entire nation of God's people. What's been going on in your life and how are you responding? Listen, I know these are are financially challenging times, but I want to tell you, find your place in your tithe and your offering and do it realizing that when you give and you dig in to serve the Lord and worship God with your giving, you're actually taking your roots down to a deeper place to discover another level of God's provision. Come on, God wants us to raise up a, a church that's relationally strong, theologically strong, financially strong. I don't know if you realize this or not, Wednesday night we celebrated some of this, but you need to, to understand in a time of great challenge, in a time of great financial challenge where one in five churches are considering closing, one in three pastors are considering quitting. In this time, we've just decided we're going to press in and go deeper with that which God's desiring to do in our community through us. We've been able to provide 1,600 masks to all of the public school teachers in the Middle School District during this time of COVID. That's something that we did as a church. This week, we were a part of giving Christmas presents to 500 families in our community. 500 families. We got to be a part of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? God's calling us to step up. We've met the needs and helped meet the needs of 437 children in the foster care system this year alone. It's not time for us to step back. It's time for us to step up not time for us to bow down to circumstances. It's time for us to bow down to the Lord Jesus Christ and let him raise us up in a posture of humility and power and anointing. You can stand and worry in the presence of your problems or you can stand and in in worship in the presence of your God. God designed us to thrive in times of pressure. I'm not here to be a cheerleader for you. I'm trying to speak the deeper oracles of what God's desiring to reveal as we walk this out together as a family. And just like a water hose put under pressure sprays water at a long expression of spring, you will go further when you get put under pressure than you could have had you not been under pressure if you will not buckle under that time of pressure in your life recognizing God's presence in your life is the key to transforming your disposition in the midst of your circumstances, situation. I want to say it again. You can worry in the presence of your problems or you can worship in the presence of your God, but you can't do both at the same time. And I want to challenge you today. Be a warrior, not a worrier. It's a cheesy statement in many respects, but it's just such a reality. You can worry... Or you can worship. And uh, one of the worship team leaders said it earlier, referencing Psalms 22:3. God inhabits the praises of his people. That means when you get into a difficult circumstance or situation, there you are in that situation. Man, you need the fortified effort of somebody you can trust that you know you can count on. And when you lift your hands in that circumstance and you begin to praise God in that circumstance, he inhabits your praises, meaning he inhabits your circumstance, and suddenly the one you know you can count on the most shows up at your side. And when we come together as a family, then we find and discover such a great strength in the way we walk with him. Would you stand? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I want to give you one more portion of scripture. As we just stand in his presence and we say, Lord, we want more. Following this service, as soon as we're finished here, we're going to uh, dismiss, and if you're new to us as a, church, uh, as a part of the church, then if you'll go out and turn to your right, we're doing something called Meet the Team on the first Sunday of every month, and we'd love just to connect with you more personally, relationally, as a pastoral team. And the purpose of all of this is that we would all grow stronger in our pursuit of God, I want you to hear this verse, uh, these these two verses of scripture and just stand with me. I've been so excited I've decided to stand the whole service so you ought to stay with me these few moments. Numbers chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. The people of Israel shall camp each by his own standard with the banners of their father's houses. They shall camp facing the tent of meeting on every side. Now, I've shown you a picture before that from an aerial view, the 12 tribes of Israel around the tent of meeting actually formed the shape of the cross of Jesus Christ. And when they gathered together in an expression of obedience to the Lord in the Old Testament, they were actually a prophetic expression of Christ who would come. But this is significant because the scripture, what it's saying, is God is asking every house, every camp, arrange your homes, facing toward the presence of God. Everybody face toward the presence of God. Lead your family in facing the presence of God. Build your home in a way that when you come out the door, you're facing the presence of God. Let there be a total focus in your life of facing the presence of God. Let there be a complete emphasis in every direction that your response to whatever's going on in your life is to face the presence of God. Or in other words, lift your countenance. Lift your heads, O ye gates to the presence of God and everything they would do. In other words, what God is asking is every house, every camp, I want you to always face an encounter with God. I want you to always face an encounter with God. Everything in your life should be arranged around experiencing God. When you get up in the morning... That arrangement of your morning routine should involve taking some time, maybe turn on your worship music. Here's what mine looks like. I go in the little coffee area of our house and I get the coffee going because coffee smells like anointing to me. And so I let the anointing flow and then I turn on a worship song and then I open my Bible and I stay true to my turn the page routine every day, just turning one page, writing the day at the top of the page and listening to what the Holy Spirit's desiring to say. That's where I begin. I've got a song set that's a part now of 2021. And it's my song set focus, bringing me back to an understanding that we're the gates and that God wants us to open our hearts and open the gates that the King of glory may come in. And I just spend that time before the Lord and then I I just begin to pace back and forth and just say okay Holy Spirit what do you want to do today what do you want me to know about today what do you want me to think about today help me to guard the gates of my eyes help me to guard the gates of my ears help me to guard the gate of my heart that I would become a man who's available to God and be used mightily in the hands of my God throughout the course of this entire day this is what this verse is talking about learning to live our lives walking through the day where we're facing an encounter with God And this week, your action point is that you would set yourself every single day in a way that you're positioning yourself to encounter God, practice God's presence every day by purposing to wake up early, turn the page, get in the Word, and pray attention to what the Holy Spirit is desiring to reveal. God never promised that we would not have problems. But he did promise he would be with us. His presence would be with us every step of the way. Jesus not only didn't promise we wouldn't have problems, he actually said these words, you will have trouble in this world. How many of you know he nailed that one? He got that one right. We will have trouble in this world. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus said, I've overcome, you're going to have problems in the world, but I've overcome the world. And I just want to challenge you as we consider, and I want to ask every person in this room, I want you to reflect on and think about where you stand in your relationship with God today. Because here's the reality, every person in the world who maybe you know, we we might even have a perspective at times of a label of Christianity without really living a life of Christianity. How many of you know there's a difference between the two? Every person in this world who doesn't truly surrender to Christ remains an enemy to God. It's the essence of surrender. And when we surrender, then we move from being an enemy to God. To becoming family of God. And that's why we have peace. You will never have peace as long as you find yourself being an enemy to God. And Jesus is the only avenue to take you out of that space of enmity that the Bible describes. So come on, would you just join me right now? Just close your eyes, open your hearts. Lord, There's never been a time, perhaps in any of our lives, where we have more so needed to understand God is with us. In the midst of challenge, in the midst of adversity, God is with us. Lord, we just want to join our lives together and say, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that all humanity that we could possibly affect would know the life and the love and the presence of God through Jesus Christ. Going in agreement in this room with every person who says, I surrender to the cross of Christ. I don't want to be an enemy to God. I want to walk as a part of the family of God. Maybe some of you have been walking with God your whole life since you were a child. Others, maybe this is the first moment that you say, I'm really going to surrender the cross of Christ. Jesus is who he says he is. He's the savior of the world. He came to redeem humanity. Wherever you are on that journey, if that's you and you agree, I just surrender the cross of Christ. Why don't you just lift your hands in this show of surrender before the Lord your God. Lord, we join our hearts together in a place of saying, we don't even really know how to do this well, perhaps, but we do want to do it from our hearts as we say help us to take the next step in walking this place of surrender for some of us it's a step of salvation where we pray a prayer today and receive Christ for others it's another level of really surrendering our hearts and lives we lay down our fearfulness and our joylessness and our hopelessness and we say Lord we want to honor you and obey you in every area of every resource of our lives But we surrender to you today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's all pray this prayer out loud. Would you just join me? It's a prayer of salvation and lordship and declaration that we should just constantly be declaring before the Lord in many ways. But let's pray this together today as a family. Would you join me and say out loud, Lord Jesus, you came, you lived, you died, but you're alive. You're the Savior of the world. Restore me. Redeem me, replenish me, and allow me to know what it means to walk with God and serve the heart of Jesus all the days of my life. Amen and amen. Come on, let's just give the Lord Jesus Christ praise and adoration. I mean, let's go deep. Let's go deep. Let's take those roots just a little deeper right now. In a time we need to press in and give the Lord our praise. A time we need to press in and allow him to hear something from the depth of our hearts. We honor you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord God. We bless you today, Lord. Your kingdom come, Lord Jesus. Your will be done. On earth, as it is in heaven, lift up your heads, O oh, ye gates, that the King of glory may come in. We honor you, Lord. Boy, this coming into this year, it's going to be more significant than ever that we understand our congregational assignment that we conclude every Sunday with is just to press in for a few more moments in worship. And I want to say, take what God's stirring in your heart right now. How many of you are stirred by God? My goodness, I'm stirred by God. want us to know Him, to really know what it means to know Him, to discern Him. In the midst of every temptation situation in our lives, we discern the presence of God that prevails over that challenge that would come, whatever that may be. Would you just join for these few moments that we have remained together just in worship before we're dismissed and conclude with some further announcements and information. Just incline your heart toward him. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, that the King of glory may come into our hearts, come into our homes, come into our neighborhoods, come into our workplaces, come into our society, into our community, and transform society to flourish as is the plan of God Almighty.